How do the events in Hosea fit into biblical history? Who wants to take a, a swing at that? Okay, I'll pick somebody. <coughs> All right, I was going to pick you. Cliff. <laughs> I think it goes uh, through First and Second Kings, or one of the kings, talking about uh, uh, the how the people were left God and went to idols, and how how to how it affected the the kingdom and the people as a whole. Okay, that's a that's a very good answer. Uh, anybody want to add to it or, or get us closer? Give me an overview, a wide overview of the Old Testament and where it fits in. All right. I think also along with that, they started relying on foreign governments, uh, alliances with other countries and kings, and lost uh, the relationship they had with Lord God. Okay, so if they're relying on other nations, obviously Israel had become a nation. That's So where in history are we? Maybe we should do a brief overview of history, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Before the captive. Brief overview of history. It starts off in Genesis, and God begins to build his people. Who does he start with? Father of all nations. Jonathan? Huh? Noah? Uh, well, not specifically. If we talk about Israel, Abraham. Okay, so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob um, and then um, after, after Jacob, we have Joseph that ends up to the uh, Genesis. And Genesis is a wide, um, Genesis covers more years than any other book in the Bible. Um, so you have Genesis, and then we have the Exodus. So the people of Israel um, have become a nation, and they've been um, taken into slavery in Egypt. God delivers them out through Moses. And they go through the period of judges. They go through the period of kings. And then they divide into two nations, right? Uh, this is right after David, after Solomon. After Solomon has two sons, and they divide into two nations, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And so then two big events happen. Northern kingdom is taken into captivity. Uh, and then later on, the southern kingdom is also taken into captivity. Who takes the northern kingdom in and who takes the southern kingdom? All right, Assyria takes the northern kingdom and Nebuchadnezzar uh, takes the, uh, the, the southern of Judah. Okay, so this is during the time of the kings when both northern and southern kingdom are operating before the northern kingdom is brought into captivity. That would be the long specific answer. All right, um, next question. Um, this is a broad question. What does the book of Hosea reveal to us about God and his character? Name a few things that you would get specifically from Hosea that tell us about God and his character. All right? He's always forgiving and always showing mercy even though Israel keeps turning away from him. And it's kind of illustrated by 
Hosea marrying Gomer, the prostitute, who leaves him, and he goes in there, ties her back, and sort of illustrates that God keeps redeeming Israel, even though Israel keeps turning away from him. Okay, now that is a, um, that's a shocking statement, because I always had this major uh, view, and it's so common that the God of the Old Testament is a God of judgment, the God of the New Testament is a God of grace. Have you ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. That's just not true. That's a, a misnomer. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a poor um, view of who God is. And so we see God in his mercy and his grace in Hosea in ways that um, just highlight and just, just, uh, just amaze us. Okay. Um, anybody else want to tell us what else does the, the um, book of Hosea reveal about God's nature, God's character? Okay. All right. Good. What else? All right. Okay. All right. Very good. We we get that unique um, flavor in Hosea. He's perfect in both of those things. All right. Anything else? Any other th- character traits that we would um, we discover about God that? particular maybe not unique to Hosea but brought out in Hosea God is right in his judgment and right in his love mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay Jacqueline was just bringing that out he's perfect in all his ways anybody else all right um what, the same question, different uh, character. What does God, what does Hosea reveal to us about man? Man, man's nature. Just Jonathan. Uh, man is always wanting to take the easy route. And not necessarily wanting to take God's route. Okay, so how do you see that in Hosea? Uh, him, uh, turning to other nations other gods okay looking for deliverance from from other things that that seem to be easier anybody else I would add that we're probably too smart by half we're always looking for new knowledge and new ways and that's how the cults get started and all the people get misled by following the wrong uh, doctrine so we're always looking for the shortcut just like Jonathan said Okay, anything else? Man's nature is inherently evil. Okay, and we see that in Hosea. How about some, some single phrase or words, single words that describe uh, man's character or nature as depicted in Hosea? Chantel, you had your hand up. I was thinking that um, we're described as whores an awful lot in, <laughs> in okay. Hosea. Yeah, and unfaithful. You, yeah, and you know we're just completely unattractive from from God's viewpoint. Like there wasn't anything that we could say. Well, at least He wants this about us, or at least we can keep God because we have these qualities. Like we really have nothing to offer Him. His love for us is purely because He loves us. That's a good point. Unattractive, unfaithful, 
nothing appealing or to offer. I saw a few other hands. Go ahead. Um, the people were very sinful. Um, they worshiped anything other than the true God and Savior, Lord. Um, they uh, were, the word I'm trying to find for it, it they were uh, God's chosen people, but they did not honor him as being their chosen people, mm. and he punished them swiftly. <laughs> that is a, a good point. I was going to bring that out, is that the people we're talking about are not just people unassociated with God. These are God's people, God's chosen. Right, they were adulterous. Okay. Yeah. Adulterers, um, unfaithful, whores. I mean, that just sounds like an ugly word, and it is an ugly word but it rightly describes um, the state and the character of these people. Um, I, look at, I looked at my notes from Hosea 8 and the hypocrisy you had talked about of Israel and how they were still practicing all these sacrifices and things to God while they were doing all this other stuff. So they truly were fake. That's a good point is that these are people who are still worshiping and they're trying to worship God and. So the hypocrisy is a good point. Now let's jump. Uh, oh, Jonathan has a uh, point. They were unrepentant. Unrepentant is another good word. Unrepentant. Oh. Unashamed about their sin. Um, sin has to be brought to their attention. Um, so let, let's jump to another thought. Um, what does Hosea say to us about God's plan. Think about God's overall plan and um, what part or what role does Hosea reveal about that plan? Might have to dig a little bit to get this, but we'll, we'll pull it out. can be simplified too. I would say that he's got everything in control no matter which way we go whether it's by following false gods or political alliances he's still in control and is still going to have his will fulfilled. Okay so God's will is is uh, unaffected by man's sin is intact that's that's a hopeful thought isn't it it, it brings us hope like we haven't messed up so much that, that God's plan is just thwarted by it. What else? Um, what is God's plan and, and what part of that is, is shown to us in Hosea? All right, Jim. Okay. Spread let's, let's, let's break down some Sunday school questions or, or answers. Who's the central thought of all the scripture? Okay. God's plan is to do what with Jesus and how is that revealed in Hosea? Say that again. Redeem a people for himself. Okay. Um, how is this revealed? How is this brought to us in Hosea? Let's keep that thought. Let's, let's, let's bring that thought. If I had a chalkboard, I'd start writing some ideas down to, to, to focus our thinking. There is a couple key relationships 
that are focused in Hosea. What are they? I read it again. Husband and wife, and what else? Husband and wife is a picture of what? God and his people. Okay. Husband and wife, God and his people. All right. Um, what is God's plan for his people? And he what does Hosea say about that? Uh, just like in the Hosea, um, he uh, wanted, wanted Hosea, him, Hosea yeah. he wanted him to bring his uh, uh, wife back to him. And that's the same way God wanted Jesus to bring, redeem his people. So God is working his plan throughout history to do what? To bring his people back to him. To bring his people back to himself. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and there's a problem with that because his people are rebellious. What else? Huh? All right, unfaithful, whorish, um, not devoted to him at all. And so he does something. He disciplines them, and what else? Bring his judgment and brings his love to move them to himself. Um, where does Jesus fall into all of this? Okay, so we know that, and how, how does Hosea prepare us for or speak to us in any way about Jesus and his role in God's plan? How about this, this, Jesus and his role in this relationship that's been messed up through unfaithfulness? Jesus pays for our salvation just the same way that Hosea uh, redeemed Gomer. Okay, that's one aspect. I'm looking for something else as well. What's the relationship between Jesus and, and God's people? Say that again. He is the bridegroom. His people are... Okay, so in Hosea, who pictures what? The, so the people of Israel our picture of God's unfaithful people, all right? Jesus is the bridegroom who takes and purifies a people unto himself, all right? So this is God's overall plan, and we can see Hosea giving us a glimpse. We don't get the details there, but we get a glimpse of how God's plan is, is coming into play. We are washed from our sin. We are and we are made to be honorable as the bride to the bridegroom. In fact, Hosea does picture um, a marriage. Let's, t let's see if we, uh, is it chapter 6? Let me look through. Somebody had, um, look through my notes. Hosea chapter 2, verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. 
Bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her her vineyards and make a valley of Acre or a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. Verse 16. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. And no longer will you call me my Baal. For I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and she shall be remembered by name no more. I, and I will make for them a covenant on that day with the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the creeping things of the ground. I will abolish the bow, the sword, the war from the land. I will get, make you lie down in safety. When is that fulfilled? When the Lord comes. Has it been fulfilled already? No. No. Other places in Hosea, he talks about he's going to restore Israel. They're going to be one nation, and they're going to have one leader. I, um, you might find that I did not make a note of that, so I can't tell you exactly where that is, but that is in Hosea. Um, and so, um, again, he's given us a glimpse of his overall plan. So, Hosea is rich, isn't it? It, it, it has a lot there. It fits in, as you would expect it to, with all of God's plan throughout all the history and, and all the scripture. Um, the other thing I wanted you to see as we mentioned, uh, we brought up some of these questions is this. Um, can you teach someone through Hosea and, and teach some of those things that we talked about? Not make them up, but actually see them in Hosea and simply bring them out and, and embellish them. Um, like I said, you don't have a complete picture of God's plan, so you don't want to make things up that's not there. But there are some things that are there that show us that, and we can point to, um, we can verify what they are pointing to and say yes to them. Um, so we can see how Hosea falls in um, with all of God's plan. Let me ask a few other questions. Um, we answered this question, and we thought about it. In what ways do we see Christ in Hosea? Well, we see him as the bridegroom, don't we? Who is waiting for his bride and is one day going to be reunited re with the bride that doesn't deserve him but is made clean and pure by his own blood. And so that's a beautiful picture. Um, now, what's the main theme? Or how would we summarize Hosea in a sentence or a couple phrases? And I'm not looking for an exact wording answer, but I just want to hear kind of how you work through that. All right, grace. All right, what else? Okay. My mercy, my people, my promise. Okay. What can we add to that? Something else in there. Huh? Jealous, you said? Okay, all right. Judgment, yes. Judgment is prominent. We can't get, get, get away from judgment in Hosea. I was writing through all the chapters and just summarizing the chapters. Um, and, and judgment is so predominant. It's 14 chapters. 
Um, judgment and mercy is in a few. Like chapter 1, we see judgment and his mercy. Uh, chapter 2, we see judgment and his mercy. Look at his mercy in chapter 1 in verse 10. Well, let me just use this as an example. I'm going to use chapter 1 and chapter 2 as an example. Um, in chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, or very basically verses 2 through 9, we see his judgment when he says, you know, take this woman and, and have children by her. And in verse 6, he says, call her name no mercy. That's the first child born. I will, I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel. Um, and then verse 8, he says, call verse 9 call his name not my people for you are not my people I am not your God all right so we see the judgment that's coming on Israel then right away verse 10 just blows me away when he says this yet the number of the children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea which cannot be measured or numbered and in, in the place where I said to them you are not my people it shall set it shall be said to them children of the living God that's amazing. That's his promise. That's his promise. Chapter 2, we see some of the same thing. Judgment, verses 1 through 13. And then we get to verse 14, and he says this. In that day, we read that part, didn't we? Um, we read verse 14 through uh, 18 or so. Excuse me, verse 16 through 18. We read 14 too. All the way through verse 23, you see where God says, um, verse 23, for example, I will sow her for myself in the land, and I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. So we see um, those, those things, that theme running throughout God's judgment and his mercy. Um, God's love for his people. What else can, can you describe? What other ways would you describe the main theme of Hosea? When you look at the relationship of, of Hosea to his wife Gomer and what God was asking him to do, What, what phrase or wording would you come up with to describe the theme of Hosea? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Mm. Okay. God building a relationship of love. Mm -hmm. In terms of obey, Hosea's re response to God. Yes. Uh-huh. Charles? Mm-hmm. Okay. So God goes after his people as he asks Hosea to go after his unfaithful wife. All right. So um, just good, good review. Any, any questions, any last thoughts? I don't know if you saw this coming in to the study in Hosea that you would get that out of it, but um, it's been a blessing to me to just study God's word and, and look at it and, and to see his plan, um, his grace, his judgment going, uh, coinciding together 
and to, to just kind of work that uh, the entire book of Hosea has been a it's been a blessing for me. I picked it because I had never gone through it in that detail before, um, so it's 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 been a it's been a very helpful book for me. Anybody? Did you have a comment, Earl? Let me ask this question as we come to a close. Um, remember we, where we kind of saw the history, um, Hosea is placed in the history. Um, so it's a book of warning, it's a book of judgment, it's a book of expression of God's love. When was God's love fulfilled? The love that's promised and spoken of in, in Hosea, when is it fulfilled? When is God's judgment fulfilled? Okay, okay, so we see at the cross his, you say his judgment or his love? Okay, all right. What about his judgment? When is that fulfilled? Okay, uh, ultimately fulfilled. Is there is some other fulfillment? Yes, the fall of Samaria um, the northern kingdom fell, right? In 722 B.C., that judgment came. All that God says, you are no longer going to be a nation, actually happened. The point I want to make there is God said it, and he lovingly reached out to his people. But that judgment still came. That judgment came, and even though it came, he is still going to fulfill his promise but not in a way probably that they expected. You would expect that the same people or the same nation is going to be brought about. That's not what's happening. There's a lot of people who are caught up in that now, um, waiting for the nation of Israel to be something as God's special people. God fulfills that in us, his people, the church. And that's going to be fulfilled in his return and in the events that happen after that. So... Um, it's interesting. Uh, we see God's great display of his love in Hosea, but let's not lose sight that the immediate message to those people was not heeded, and they saw his judgment as a nation. They saw his judgment. Um, so um, it just kind of puts things in perspective as we go out and talk to people. Let, let, let them not take God's judgment for granted. God is, is doing exactly what he said he would do. Yeah, very good point. Um, if you had one of these books, this, this can be helpful. Um, I don't think it got as specific when it talks um, on page 66 about Hosea and, and, and what the main theme is there, but it's a helpful thing uh, to look at. And so continue to, to, to use that for, for our helps. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you um, for your word. We pray, Lord, that your word will stay with us, that it will guide our thinking, that we might know more and more your plan. As we saw today, your way is right. You're perfect in all your ways. You're perfect in your judgment. You're perfect in your love. And we must say amen to that. We must say, so be it, Lord. And 
and we are the recipients of your mercy and your grace, and we definitely say amen to that. We thank you for that. Help us to truly rejoice. Help us to get your message out to people we come in contact with so that they can be recipients as we are of your great love and grace as they work through repentance and trusting in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.